0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you Solo D.
1: Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Cat and Paul Piggin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Also be sure to check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins lose 32 to 21 today in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium to the Detroit Lions on a day where the Dolphins flat out could not play defense. Unbelievable stats. Matt Stafford had a quarterback rating of over 138. Rookie sensation, Carrion Johnson and LeGarrette Blunt combine for over 200 rushing yards. But, you know, the bigger news, Paul, I think right now is Adam Gase is under a lot of fire right now. I mean, Devontae Parker's agent calling Adam Gase out, calling him incompetent. During the game, we still continue to see problems with play calling. And finally, the failure to fix these in-game adjustments on defense killed the Dolphins today. They just flat out could not get anything figured out between Gase and Matt Burke with the brain trust. So where do you stand right now on Adam Gase and in relation to what you saw here today?
2: Yeah, there's definitely some fundamental learning points we'll go with that I think Gase needs. I mean, he's got the football mind, but it doesn't do any good if he's not using it. And He's really not here today. I mean, the Devontae Parker thing, yeah, I totally get where his agent is coming from, but he really hasn't been a part of the game plan when he's been active. He's not warranting snaps over Albert Wilson, who we didn't know was going to get hurt today and sounds like may miss a significant period of time. He's not earned snaps over Jakeem Grant at this point, Kenny Stills. Danny Amendola. I really like that they actually split Gasicki out wide for a play today, and suddenly he was a force for a play, and then they stopped doing that. So it's it's he's got the tools to do what he wants, but w- with Devontae Parker, I, I want to touch on that for a second. It, it's They're trying to trade the guy. If Devontae goes out and gets injured, which, let's face it, there's a really good chance of the man rolls out of bed and You know, breaks his shirt and can't play for the day or the week or the month or or whatever you call it, no matter what God-given talent he has, he's got effort issues and injury issues. And so I wouldn't risk an injury to Devontae Parker either because it sounds like the Eagles, the Cowboys, and a handful of other teams are interested. And Miami's looking for at least a third-round pick in return. So you can't really do that with an injured player.
1: I'd like it if they got a third-round pick in return. I don't think they would they would quite get that, and I'm not. I'm not saying you're saying that either. You know, more than likely a compromise will take place, and it'll end up being a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, you saw Carlos Hyde get traded here over the weekend to the Jaguars for a fifth round pick. I would imagine it would be similar compensation. I would still. I, I said before I would be willing to un, unwilling to give that, but I think when you see all the turmoil you're going to start to see those wheels start to turn. I didn't have a big problem with how the Dolphins played on offense today, even though they scored 21 points. I mean, when you look at it at quarterback, Brock Osweiler, 22 for 31, 239 yards, two touchdowns, a lot of those coming late. I still have a problem with Adam Gase's willingness to use Frank Gore so much more than Drake not wanting to get creative and going five wide for some reason when the dolphins continue to split or they're running the ball well. And then they just tell the other team, Hey, we're not going to run the ball and we're going to go five wide to tell you we're not running the ball to start it out. That, that happened several times here today. It's happened several times over the last few weeks, but the real story here, Paul is the defense. I mean, what can you say here? I mean, 32 points, were allowed and man oh man it should have been more I mean keep in mind that a lot of those were field goals I mean just a terrible defensive performance by the Dolphins today
2: it was and you saw a lot of plays where the defense seemed confused I mean you look at that first drive and Jerome Baker and Rake McMillan ran to the exact same spot out in the flat I don't know whose responsibility it was to go deep on that one but it sure as hell if yeah, it sure as hell wasn't what the scheme called for. It let the tight end find a really big hole in the zone defense and, and get a score there. But there was a lot of confusion on defense from what I saw today. And and it was sad to see. And, and the pass rush up front was non-existent, whether it was up the middle, whether it was off the edge. I I wasn't enamored with the play of most folks along the defensive line today, although that 100 branch sack was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I wasn't exactly it's thrilled.
1: It's hard to play defense play this type of defense when you don't have a pass rush and over the last six quarters the Miami Dolphins have allowed 59 points to the Bears in the last two quarters and to the Lions this pass rush is non-existent at this point and that goes for Cameron Wake who's still fighting an injury and Andre Branch isn't healthy either so not a very good showing here for the Dolphins today let's get to the grades Paul uh, offensively Brock Osweiler, again, 22 for 31, 239 yards, two touchdowns. My biggest complaint is he didn't have the ball in his hands enough because the defense was on the field a lot, could not get off the field a lot of times on third down. But those two touchdowns were fantastic. I mean, that touchdown to Kenny Stills that made it 10-7 to 7 was a, a great throw and a great catch there. And that touchdown to Danny Amendola late in the game where he rolls out Chucks it downfield. Amendola comes down with it. Suddenly, even though the Dolphins, it feels like the Dolphins have gotten dominated in the game. It's a 29 to 21 game and they're needing a defensive stop to try to go back and tie the game, which we'll get to a little bit later. But I have no problem with what Brock Osweiler did today, a quarterback rating of 114.5. I'm going to give him at least a B plus here.
2: Yeah, I'm really, I'm in that B-plus territory, but it's a low B-plus for me. I mean, you know, while while we saw Brock excel in the 10 yards or less range last week, it seemed like it was five yards or less this week. And, and, and I don't think that was all play calling. I think a lot of that is just that's where he works. Anything beyond that, I mean, he could have had a, a good touchdown to Kenny Stills early, but instead he underthrew him. Uh, there was another one that he underthrew, and it wasn't. A ridiculously deep ball where where he's chucking it up. So he really does throw a bad ball. I, I there's no, no two ways around it. I mean he got the job done okayly today, but I really wasn't as enamored as most were with Osweiler in this one. I thought he performed
1: a lot better last week. Well I'm gonna give you a B because I don't know what the hell a low side of a B plus is. Uh and secondly <laughs> you also said okayly. I don't I don't I mean I'm just pissed off right now yeah uh, me too <laughs> i don't want that sidearm um,
2: sasquatch throwing for my team next year Let's yeah he, look,
1: he does throw a terrible ball he looks like he's heaving bricks off a roof can a we call him guys. sidearm he,
2: sasquatch from now on because I'd, I'd really like to do that
1: I, I wouldn't mind that i think that's a pretty good name we're gonna have to sleep on that one i i like how he performed here i don't like him overall as a future player but last two games he has a quarterback rating of over a hundred with the dolphins and the offense has put up 59 points in the last two games. So I'm, I'm fine with Brock Osweiler for now, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't want to start Ryan Tannehill if he was right here. Cause we still have to see what we have with Tannehill. I know where it's going to end with Osweiler moving along to the running back position, Paul, Kenyon Drake, five carries 73 yards. So the guy averages 14 yards, a rush, and does not get the ball more often. I mean,
2: got to get away and, from that guy.
1: Yeah, they they did. And and Frank Gore ten carries, twenty nine yards. And I love Frank Gore. Not a lot of room inside, and maybe there wouldn't have been a lot for Drake either. A great fifty uh, four yard touchdown by Drake that brought the game to twenty to fourteen. I don't have much of a problem with with what these running backs did too. I'm gonna give them a B.
2: I'd actually give the, the running backs an A-minus. I mean, we had that long rip from Drake. Gore, he was Frank Gore again today. It's just the game plan got a little bit away from the running game, except in some stupid moments at times. But that's that goes back to play calling as far as they performed. I'm good with giving these guys an
1: A-minus. Interesting. Ten carries for 29 yards from the lead running back. I'm surprised that you gave gave him an A-minus on there. But Drake did have... Five carries, 73 yards. So, more than made up for it. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to you for the receivers, Paul.
2: God. I thought the receivers did well in this one. I mean, they found a role for Mike Kosicki, even if it was only for one play. Albert Wilson, I liked what I saw from him before he went down. Jakeem Grant was Jakeem Grant when he got a chance. Danny Amendola continued to be the favorite target of Brock Osweiler. And Kenny Stills reemerged in this game. So... I can't knock the wide receivers. I can give these guys a B-plus here.
1: Yeah, and we talked about Kosicki, too. Three catches, 44 yards. He did have his longest as a pro on that third and one. So, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Albert Wilson did leave the game early. We're going to figure out what it was this week. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, the guy snapped his Achilles. That's just a guess. And then my friend uh, texted me and said, no, nah, I think he hyperextended his knee. So that's – we don't know. We we just know right now he could be he could be out a while. He could be available for uh, for Thursday, but that's not looking promising right now. Kenny Stills caught another touchdown. Danny Amendola, six catches, 84 yards. It seems like he and Osweiler really do have something going there because the last two weeks Amendola's caught a lot of passes. So I don't have a big problem with what they did. Jakeem Grant, too, a, a great catch at the end of the game, too. Should have given the Dolphins a little bit of a prayer here toward the end. But I don't have much of a problem here. I'm going to give them a B. The offensive line, again, I'll say it. I've, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. You need to resign Tunzel and Juwan James as far as the eye can see. This game, Laramie Tunzel kept getting better and better and better. You see that run by Kenyon Drake. And you will see Laramie Tunzel creating a big, giant hole on on that side. Juwan James let up one or had one holding call that was costly after he was letting up a sack to outside linebacker Devon Kennard. But other than that, I thought he had a good game, too. But the interior of the line, I'll tell you what. Jesse Davis, I think, has played terrible the last two games. He allowed two sacks to Ricky Jean-Francois on the inside that were very, very costly. Travis Swanson, I think that besides that Bengals game where he had the poor snap, he has done very well in substitution of Daniel Kilcore and in substitution of Mike Pouncey from last year. Ted Larson, don't have many complaints with him either. Not the greatest guy, but I think he's done a serviceable job at left guard. Overall, when you look at the running backs and their yards per carry, that was very healthy, and at quarterback – I thought Brock. I thought Brock Heisweiler was protected reasonably well throughout the game. He there were a few sacks let up. Overall, long way of me saying I'm going to give the offensive line a B minus.
2: I've got a B for these guys. I thought they performed pretty well. Like you said with Jesse Davis, it was an issue. And one thing I know it's not part of the offensive line. Uh, you pretty well covered it. But on that long run by Drake, another guy I want to give credit to. Somebody we didn't mention on the wide receiver tight end segment. Nick uh, O'Leary there. He had a hell of a block as well as part of that, that run. So continues to show up for me, even when he doesn't get many opportunities.
1: If it were me, Nick O'Leary and Kenyon Drake would never leave the field because you would have a sixth offensive lineman and you'd have a running back that can bust it at any time. You want to put Gore on the field with him. That's perfectly fine. You want to put anybody else on the field with those two guys. That's fine. But Nick O'Leary, I think he's a fantastic blocking tight end. And he's getting out in the flat, and he's catching these passes. That's all I need from the tight end. So, yeah, we've gotten a little bit off track there. Defensive line, moving to the defensive side of the ball, just ugh. – ugh, ugh. I mean, this I, this in the Patriots game has to, be, had to have been two of the worst defensive performances I have ever seen by a Miami Dolphins team. Matt Burke needs to get his shit together. How do you fail this badly – to adjust to anything in this contest but then again to the defensive line manhandled all day I can't I literally can't say one good thing about anybody and or anything any of these guys did Robert Quinn was invisible for the first time all year Cameron Wake tried he went out there he got a a pressure or two after that he was invisible the rest of the game Cameron Malvo, I was I was really big on before the year he's showing that he doesn't bring much to the table. Defensive tackle; these guys continue to get worse and worse. By far, Vincent Taylor's worst game of the year. Can't say much good about Davin Gachaud or Keem Spence either. I mean, you look at the running backs: 244 yards rushing on the ground today by the Detroit Lions. 208 yards by Legarrette Blunt and Carryon Johnson combined. This is my my first F that I'm going to give. This year, and I'm going to give it to the defensive line in this game.
2: Well, there were a couple small, bright spots. I thought Andre Branch, when he got the opportunity, played all, played all right today. And Akeem Spence and Devin Gottschow each made one play. So those were big plays when they made them. But aside from that, I really can't say much good. I'll go with a D-minus just because that was such a monster sack and because of those two stops by Gottschow and Akeem Spence were very, very critical ones. But they just barely skated above that F line.
1: Yeah, and I'm tempted to give an F as well to the linebackers. I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them a D because I thought Jerome Baker made a few decent plays, but just miscommunication play in and play out. What really pisses me off too, Paul, about this is with this Matt Burke defense, and we saw the same bullshit with Vance Joseph and with Kevin Coyle. I've never seen a defense. Right before the ball is snapped, they're still looking looking toward each other, trying to get each other lined up. I mean, it it makes absolutely no sense to me. And there were a few times, there were at least three times in this game where the ball was snapped and a defender was still looking behind him, trying to see who was around him or calling out a signal. It's unacceptable. At this level, the Lions did nothing different than what they typically do. Kiko Alonso, we saw a 2017 Kiko Alonso in this game. He was terrible. When you look at Carrion Johnson's 71-yard run, you'll see Kiko get hit right in the mouth. If you see those other big plays by the running backs, Blunt and on Johnson, you're going to see this, the same thing. You're going to see Kiko not getting to a spot or completely wiped out of the picture. Not a great game by Raekwon either whatsoever, so – I'm going to give them a D, just a terrible two weeks by this front seven. Yeah, I'm
2: going to go with a D-minus for the linebackers as well. I mean, there was a couple bright spots. Jerome Baker made a few plays, even though he had a few mistakes in this one. Rake was a little bit off, and Kiko's best thing was the fact that he wore a jersey that showed some tasteful side boob, I guess we'll go with. I don't know what the hell's up with that, but outside of that, I mean, there was a lot of bad angles, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of bad coverage, and... You know what? Screw it. They're getting my first half.
1: Attaboy. boy. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm with <laughs> you on that. I mean, I, I'll I'll stick with my D. I'll, I'll stick with my. With Come my down D to a D now.
2: minus. You can do it.
1: Okay, let's let's take it. Let's take it down to a D minus. These are official grades here. So the secondary uh, to end. I'm not going to say on a positive note. I mean, heck, Matt, Matt Stafford was 18 for 22 in this game, but overall. You know, you look at the statue, Kenny Galladay, two catches, 37 yards. Golden Tate, four for 36. Marvin Jones, three for 29. That's a hell of a receiving trio right there. Galladay did make two big catches, and he also drew a pass, I drew two big pass interference calls, too. The biggest one with three minutes left, Xavier Howard, was called for the pass interference on third and nine. If not for that, it's very likely that the Dolphins are, the Dolphins would have been getting the ball back on a punt. Would have had to drive the length of the field and score the touchdown and get the two-point conversion. But at least they would have had a shot. I thought there was a pretty, I'm not going to say a bad call, but I, I, a little bit ticky-tacky. Not not as much as a BS call as it was the last couple weeks on as a few were on Howard. But So you've got that. Uh, Minka, I thought, played, played a very good job. You want to see how good this kid is. You watch uh, that carry on Johnson third and one, Minka absolutely chases him down in the open field, and and carry on Johnson ran about twenty yards, and Minka chased him every step of the way, and tackled him for no gain. It was a fantastic play. Bobby McCain was a welcome addition back. He did have a pass interference call, but overall, I think this is a heck of a trio. Rashad Jones also a solid game too. T.J. McDonald not a solid game. I mean that one big play in the second quarter where Michael Roberts got deep for a 29 yard catch on, oh, I think it was a second and 20. That was a major, major play in this game. And eventually ended up with the Lions being up 17 to seven. So overall, you know, I'm I'm going to go with very simply because they weren't to blame much for anything. I'm going to give them a B minus.
2: I'm actually going to go with a B here. It could have been higher if not for TJ McDonald. I'm glad you brought that up because in addition to that play, there were a lot of plays that got extended by bad angles and whiff tackles and TJ coming up and engaging the blocker incorrectly and allowing the the running back to go free or the wide receiver to go free. I mean, you could make a highlight reel of why not to sign TJ McDonald for this game. I mean, he had a couple of good plays, but overall, no. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Minka – is I think the Dolphins reverted a little bit to him not being out on the field enough in this game. And they need to correct that, especially with the poor play from the linebackers. I mean, make an in-game adjustment, Matt Burke. I know you said it earlier, but make an in-game adjustment to get Mink out there. If you're going to insist on making watching TJ with tackles while you've got Mink on the sidelines. But other than that, yeah, no, I, I love having Bobby back. Xavier had another solid game. I mean, when when your only complaint is a ticky-tack pass interference penalty. Guy did pretty well. So, yeah, no, I'm with you on all of it.
1: Yeah, and there was another play, too. Xavier Howard was right there, and the ball went through his hands for another big gain. But he's right there. I mean, he's right there basically yeah. on every play. But, you know, it just it just was more evidence that today was just not the Dolphins' day. Special teams, Jason Sanders did miss a field goal late in the game. It would have brought it to 32-24. to 24. I don't think it would have made a big difference, but he did miss that, un- unfortunately. Could have at least given them a little bit of a chance. Matt Hawk, I think, had a very good bounce-back day punting. In the first quarter, he pinned the Lions inside their own 15-yard line twice, at least trying to slow them down on offense. Jakeem Grant returning the ball, he, he had about four returns today that did not make it to the 25-yard line. Now, I Matt Prater did a great job on that. He had a phenomenal day kicking for the Lions. I didn't mind Grant taking it out of the end zone on those, though. It was just very well defended and very well kicked in that situation. So not not a great day from the special teams unit. I, I think Grant, in his returns, put the Dolphins back a little bit offensively to start. So overall, going to give them, well, let's go with a B-. minus.
2: I'm going to differ from you a little bit here. I think the Jason Sanders thing was kind of the nail in the coffin at the end here, but that's really my only complaint with special teams. One of the thoughts I keep having when I see the offense struggling to put points on the board, going three and out, etc., is, you know what? And struggling to get Grant on the field at times, I kind of just, He's explosive enough that I almost want him to return almost every kickoff at this point. I don't care if it's at the back of the end zone, so long as his foot doesn't touch the back line. Run that shit out. Run, run it out.
1: Uh, uh, at well, least there's we'll, a chance we'll that an explosive play. Yeah, but, uh, and, well, I, it's.
2: I don't want I don't want to have to say that, but it, it's. You know, when when the Dolphins are getting in third and long, and they're continually calling running plays and passes to the line of scrimmage that everybody knows are coming, especially with your weak arm sasquatch a quarterback you know it, it's 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 ridiculous at this point run the damn ball out maybe something will happen at least maybe
1: yeah if, if you're comparing it to that i agree with you uh, but I, I overall i i really didn't have a big problem with what grant did i mean when when you saw when he caught it it was barely inside the end zone and he i think a couple of them he brought to the the 21 the 23 so it's it's not a huge deal and also on that punt return It was a phenomenal play. It was only, I think, like a 20-yard return, but he got it, and he just made some unbelievable juke moves. Instead of getting the ball to 20, he got the ball to 40, and that's something you Mm -hmm. need to take advantage of. So, yeah, Jakeem Grant I I continue to love as as a returner, as a receiver. I hope we continue to see more of him. So, Paul, I'm going to kick it to you. Who was your uh, player of the game, and who was your go to the game here? Excuse me, player of the game and jackass of the game.
2: Player of the game. I'm going to have to give it to Drake, even though we only had, like, five chances. I mean, he ripped off that huge run that was such a momentum swing for a moment before the defense got back out there. I've got to give it to Drake. Jackass of the game. God. I'm going to go with Rake McMillan. You know, I just – what I've seen of Jerome Baker this year, and one of our listeners actually pointed out to me, last week where he kind of hand-signaled to Rashad and changed his route, so Rashad made a uh, touchdown-saving tackle. You know, I, I just I feel like Jerome Baker knows where he's supposed to be, even if he doesn't quite get there at times, and I felt like he was the one of the two that probably was in the right and made an adjustment to try to get where Rake McMillan was supposed to be. I got to go with Rake, even though TJ's a close second for me.
1: Yeah, My player of the game is going to be Laramie Tunzel. I think this guy continues just to get better and better and better. I mean, he didn't have a a big pass rush in this game. You know, Ziggy Ansah was not playing here. But you look at that 54-yard run by Drake, you'll see Tunzel absolutely take the linebacker and just push him back and create that hole. You know, he just keeps getting better and better. My jackass of the game has got to be Kiko Alonso. I mean, I would have proudly giving him this award had we had it last year throughout every week and he probably would have got it four or five times he's definitely going to get it here i mean oof! that's if 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 you watch any big play by blunt or carry johnson you're going to see kiko alonso get absolutely wiped out of the picture he's got some he has some great games this year some terrible games this was definitely a terrible game paul looking at the rest of the schedule here here's one thing i said before this game that the okay. Dolphins are at. Their, hey, look, they're four and two, and they've got to win two of the next three games. They've got, and I said at the time, they've got the Lions, they've got the Jets, and they've got the Texans. They and they have the Texans here this upcoming week. To me, they have to win these next two games if we're going to talk about the postseason. When you look at the rest of the AFC and who we're going to be competing with, likely for the wild cards, if the Dolphins are lucky enough to win that many games you're talking about teams like the Chargers and the Bengals and the Ravens and the Steelers that they're gonna have to be competing with and I don't see all these teams winning fewer than 10 games so the Dolphins have to win these next two as as far as I'm concerned get to six and three get to that bye week and then maybe we can start talking about a little bit of a late season run but right now I don't see a whole heck of a lot of talent on this team because of so many injuries and because offensively they don't have their quarterback, it seems to be a different thing every week with offense and with play calling. And defensively, they've gotten shellacked the last six quarters.
2: For me, they've got a lot of a lot of good pieces in place um, at the skill positions on offense. The offensive line is gelling a lot better than than I expected, given how many backups are are playing right now. So I'm not going to – and, yeah, we're missing the quarterback. If anybody wants to say Brock Tober, blah, 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 he, look, Brock was about a week long, and then he played today and showed exactly why he's an okay backup. I mean, he can come in, do okay in a game for you, and, and be terrible beyond that. So it's – yeah, I, the offense is not a prop, and I expect the defense to bounce back. This this was a very uncharacteristic performance for them, in my opinion, for this year. I think overall this season they've been better than their ratings. They weren't able to get the turnovers in this one, but the lack of a pass rush hurt them. I don't expect that to be a common theme. Given the players and the talent they have along that defensive line, I expect the pass rush to return as we go along here. And I think the Texans are a good team to, to – reignite the pass rush against, which is a good thing on a short swing. Miami doesn't make adjustments anyway, so I'm not too worried about this short week in that regard. You know, get, Put the Texans a little under the gun to make adjustments.
1: Yeah, it's a very winnable game here for the Dolphins. Believe it or not, the Texans are in first place. I think they've won Whatever. four in a row, but it's been <laughs> the most ugly winning streak first place that I've, I've ever seen before. So A winnable game for the Dolphins, and some of those strange things start to happen on Thursday. Let's hope the Dolphins have better luck on Thursday than they did last year when they got trounced by the Baltimore Ravens. That will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins loss thirty two to twenty one over the to the Detroit Lions. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes. YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, be sure to check us out on our merchandise store too on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side, and it is not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. So, do take us home. It ain't the left
0: side for the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side for the right, right side, and it must be the fence side. listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what.